0: David James, Bucks Nation. We made our draft pick. We picked up a sweet offensive lineman. Um, I'm just scanning the chat a little bit, and I see that people are
1: a little bit upset that we spent the fourth round pick on getting this guy. And
2: I just want to let everybody know, Jason Light is more than capable of making a later trade to pick up somebody if we need him. Okay? Don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. We needed to get an offensive lineman to protect Tom Brady and run the football.
1: Sad, though, that we did lose uh, Edward
2: Filaire. I uh, kind of really wanted that guy. So we'll see what we do in day two, man.
0: Uh, I like our guys. Go Bucks!
1: You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: What's up, and welcome back to the Locked on Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by Dave Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com, and make sure you follow along on Twitter, at Locked on Bucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. I am tired. It was a very long weekend, David, but the draft has come. The draft has gone. The draft, well, it happened. I was, I was waiting to see if
1: you're going to rhyme that. Uh, yeah, a, a very long weekend, a fun weekend, but a long weekend, a lot of work. Um, you and I both kind of simultaneously posted little things on our personal Facebook pages actually talking about how much work that goes into it and, you know, appreciate, appreciative posts. I appreciate you appreciating me. And of course, I appreciate you as well. Uh, and then Bailey, uh, who our listeners have, have grown very familiar with this offseason as well, uh, helping hold down the fort over at Bucks Nation. We got a lot. Of work and I know I mean I alone posted 11 uh, articles on Bucksnation.com during the NFL draft you posted you know uh, I don't even know how many but you posted a lot Bailey posted a lot uh, a lot of stuff going on over there but you know I think we did pretty good but now we got to catch up on Lockdown Bucks and, and James I did the first round reaction to Tristan Wirth alone unfortunately because uh, of how long uh, the first round went and how late we got into uh, Zoom conferences and etc. And I know you you liked my thoughts, but you know I did speak a little bit for you as far as how the trade went because we did see some social media reaction. Uh, but now that you're back, let's kick off right there uh, and let you kind of have your say on the first round uh, action, the first round trade up with San Francisco 49ers and the selection of Tristan Wirfs.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh you didn't you didn't speak out of line at all. I agreed with everything that you said on my behalf. Um so, yeah, I I thought the the trade up was the smart move. Obviously, there were people trying to jump the buccaneers knowing what they were going to do because everybody except Mel Kuyper apparently knew that the buccaneers needed an offensive tackle, but yeah, you you sacrifice a fourth round pick to go up and get your guy and yeah, you know, Tristan Worse, he was my number two offensive tackle overall and behind Jedrick Wills. So I thought it was outstanding that he fell to them and they got aggressive and they moved up. When we talked to Carmen on uh on Wednesday night, you know, for for Thursday show, I asked her, you know, do are we going to see Jason Light be aggressive enough to trade up in the first round for the first time? And she basically said, We're living in the upside down. Don't count anything out. And sure enough, that's exactly what he went and did. I absolutely loved the pick uh, I don't think it was too much to pay in terms of compensation to move up one spot because take a look at the alternative. if another team jumped in front of the bucks and took that offensive tackle like say the jaguars or the dolphins or or whoever what do what do the bucks do there you know the the risk and the Loss of a of a day three pick in the end is worth it to have Tristan Wirfs there lining up as your starting right tackle. Potentially could be your left tackle, you know, in a in a year or two. Where we'll talk about that as as the time comes. But yeah, I I loved everything about it, man. From an
1: early morning breakfast burrito to a twelve pack of your favorite beverage while you're watching all the Tom Brady film, you can consume. Sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast, and that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery delivery, convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. No more trips to the store. No more late night fast food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNFL. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Post made it.
0: Hey, what's up, guys? Colin uh, with some thoughts about the draft. This is Johnson from West Palm. And um, really, dude, I just, I love the entire Tampa Bay draft so far, and really I'm calling after the um, first three rounds. Um, so, we're awesome, great pick. We've talked, talked about that already, but I want to talk about the two new guys you added. Um, and Colin Winfield, man, is just the what you need in a secondary in year 2020. So I think for a long time, if you've been a fan of the team, we've been behind in our secondary, right? Like we've had smaller, slower corners that were more like kind of zone guys, you know, and that just doesn't work anymore in today's NFL. So I like that we've paired big physical management corners and now we finally have a true back-end center fielder because it's all about stopping the pass these days. And then... Uh, the second pick, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, I'm not going to lie, I was really uh, banging the table for Zach Moss here, um, but I think not drafting running back in the second round um, was the right move because I feel like we don't really need a higher-end talent at the running back position if we're looking to do, like, a running back by committee thing. So last year, the Bucks were, like, you know, one of the bottom rushing teams with, like, 1,500 yards. I'm looking at the numbers right now. We just need to get to middle of the road. So essentially like an 1,800-yard team. So essentially, we don't need a guy to come in and run for um, a ridiculous amount of yards. We just need them to pair up and combine with Rojo to generate a middle-of-the-ground running offense, which I think that Keyshawn, Vaughn, and Rojo can do. So love the picks. Feeling really good about the team. Go Bucks. Hey, guys. It's in Tampa. After we've made our first three picks.
1: Um, love the Kristen Worth um, pick, and definitely the Antoine Winfield pick. A little unsure
0: on the Keyshawn Vaughn pick, but as I always say, I'll trust
1: uh, Jason Light and Bruce Arians on that. And we got one more day, and we'll be wrapping this up. So hopefully we'll Get some more depth pieces and be ready to, to roll whenever we can get everyone back in here to Tampa. So, go Bucks! Have a great weekend, guys.
0: We
2: are talking about the 2020 NFL Draft here on the Locked On Bucks podcast. David, let's get into some players that neither one of us has talked about yet, and let's jump into that second round. And it was it was eerily similar to the first round. There were four key guys. At a position of need, running back sitting there, and the Bucks had to sit there and wait because the Kansas City Chiefs are horrible, horrible people that drafted Clyde edwards hilaire and I hope they go zero sixteen, and that Andy Reid never wins another game as long as he's head coach because he took Clyde edwards hilaire and that's just not fair. Wow. Anyway, um, yeah we we saw you know we saw the four the four remaining quote-unquote big running backs sitting there heading into round number two right off the bat we start a run on wide receivers again t higgins michael Pittman jr who i i i told you when we did our mock draft michael Pittman jr to the colts you weren't having it that's that's
1: that's the truth that's the truth yeah we'll see we'll see if it actually was a good decision or not though that's that's the key
2: that is that is true. The Bengals made a bad decision by drafting T. Higgins, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and then Detroit Lions, they take the first of the running backs off the board, DeAndre Swift. And then you know we see running backs dropping again. They're they're dropping and dropping. You see a couple of safeties go off the board, an edge rusher, offensive lineman, defensive lineman, and then boom, Indianapolis Colts. I do believe they traded up in that spot to draft Jonathan Taylor, a running back that we've seen mocked to the Buccaneers numerous times. And so now we're all kind of sweating again. We're, you know, It was a big thing on social media. I was running the Bucks Nation account. We were all talking about it. It's like, oh, boy. Oh, boy, here we go again. But then we see a wide receiver, your favorite wide receiver, LaVisca Chennault going <sighs> to Jacksonville. And we see a tight end off the board and then a safety off the board. And it's like, oh, boy. The Buccaneers now have their choice, their choice, David, of J.K. Dobbins or Cam Akers. And it's like, what, what did we do to deserve this? This is beautiful.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, right off the bat, you know, seeing the two wide receivers go to start the second round uh, was a good thing. Michael Pittman Jr. going off the board. I don't know, man. To me, to me honestly, I kind of had like a third round target on him. I kind of figured there would be some other guys that went before he did. Uh, but, hey, you know the the way that everybody on the outside and the media see things and the way that the scouts inside the organization see things always tend to differ in, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Xavier McKinney being the first safety off the board, is, it was kind of uh, par for the course. That was to be expected a little bit. And then, to me, the, the biggest surprise really was the Indianapolis Colts. But it really, I mean, it was the biggest surprise in a certain sense, and it's really in a personal sense because I really like what they have in Marlon Mack. I really feel like they need. Uh, they needed to do some more things to kind of get him going and give him time to really grow into his NFL legs. Uh, but, you know, at the same time being when you take that step back from personally liking a guy as a running back or as a player and you kind of look at what the Colts are faced with, you can see why they would trade up to take a guy like Jonathan Taylor. He really just kind of shores up that running back room for them. Uh, yeah. And then I, and like you said, the picks keep coming. You know, Jacksonville goes wide receiver. You're kind of thinking, well, if they go running back here, that means they probably got a deal in place, you know, involving Leonard Fournette. They go wide receiver. The Bears, you're kind of looking at them going, you know, they don't really use Tariq Cohen the way they, they probably could anymore, and they kind of use him more like a an extension of the passing game. Maybe they go running back, but instead they go tight end. Cleveland, you pretty much know Cleveland's not going running back, right, because they got two really good ones back there. No reason for them to spend a second-round draft pick there. Yeah, and and I'm with you. I mean, Bucks Nation is tweeting it. You know, uh, I don't know for, for a fact, I guess, that Peter Report was tweeting it, but pretty much everybody I saw on my Twitter timeline was tweeting running back, running back. Let's see what happens with the running back. And I'm standing here. I'm going, you know, this is the time, the, the best opportunity I can remember for the Buccaneers to draft a Buckeye. So something said to me, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> and when the pick came through, uh, I wasn't even looking at my Twitter feed. Actually, your message to me was the very first notification I got, and you just wrote—I think you just wrote—Winfield, and I, you know, like part of me was like, oh, we missed on one of the favorite backs uh, that we have in this class. Even though Clyde edwards alaire was gone, we still got you know my guy number one, your guy number two, and so it's it's hard because in the moment you're kind of like, oh man, you're deflated because you didn't get the running back, but Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, is a guy that we both really liked leading up to, uh, re- leading up to this draft. So I mean, as you're getting disappointed about not getting the running back, you're also getting excited about getting the safety. I I was
2: I was very upset for a very long time, and it had absolutely nothing to do with Antoine Winfield Jr. as a player. Because you're right, we've talked about him numerous times. He is a phenomenal talent. He is a ball hawk of a safety. He's extremely versatile. He is going to be an absolute stud. But just one time, David, just one time, can the Bucs draft a big-name, big-impact, high-draft-capital running back just once? Since you and I started doing podcasts, way back to the walking the plank days, you know how many times we've gone in to talk about the upcoming NFL draft and pointed out that the Bucs are in a prime position to take one of these top running backs, and it just has yet to happen? Every single year, man. Do you have any idea how many running backs the Buccaneers have taken in the first two rounds since 2005 when they took Cadillac Williams? Ooh. One. Two. Two times they have who's, taken who's a running back. One? Who are you thinking? Well, Rojo. Doug Martin. Oh, I'm stupid. Yeah. Fire me from the show right now. Yeah, of course, Doug Martin. <laughs> Do you know how many running or how many times the Bucks have had a thousand yard rusher in that time span? Once. Twice. Twice. Twice, yeah. Just one time. Can, can we get, can we, I wanted, it, it pained me. That Clyde Edwards Hilaire went to the Chiefs. But then J.K. Dobbins was sitting there, and I'm like, you know what? It had hurt my soul all day to pray to the football draft gods that an Ohio State Buckeye would fall in our lap. So please, please just let J.K. Dobbins fall to the Buccaneers now. And the draft gods said, here you are. Here. Is an Ohio State Buckeye that you will be cursed to root for. And the Bucks are like, nah, James, we got you. He's going to drop some more. Here's a safety.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, but listening to, to Jason Light and Bruce Aaron is kind of their, their thought process on it, right? So safeties were starting to go, and you did. You saw three safeties go uh, before mm-hmm. the Buccaneers got on the clock at 45. So the theory that, you know, there would be another safety like Antoine Winfield Jr. or somebody else that they might have had high on their board available when they came back around in the third round, uh, you know, slim to none. And then, you know, you have to look at your running back rankings and where do you think they're going to fall. It's, I mean, it, a lot of it is just a big guessing game, you know, and, and what other people might do and, and how they might draft. So you can't necessarily blame them. And then you know, and also how they feel about it. I mean, that's, that's something that Jason was asked is kind of what this says about Justin Evans. And, you know, we, we haven't gotten a definitive answer on Justin. I don't think we're going to get a definitive answer on him. I think we're really going to have to wait for training camp and to see if he's there or not, active or not, practicing or not, and that's when we'll have our answer. But I think uh, just, I mean, just through the process of just, you know, uh, I, I guess just common sense reckoning, this speaks very little about Justin Evans as far as what they expect from his future. I, I, I don't think you come into this. If you really genuinely feel like you've got a free safety room Built of Mike Edwards, Andrew Adams, and Justin Evans is probably coming back, right? Put him on the 51% likely to come back list. I don't think you draft a safety in round two. I really don't. I think out of those three guys, you should feel confident that you can make one of them your starter and and get some growth out of one of them. And and, you know, to be fair, Andrew Adams did a pretty good job last year anyway. But if you feel like Justin Evans is probably on that 49% chance, you know, likely chance to return or less and you're not 100% confident in Mike Edwards and his ability to step forward as a free safety, as a player. And then Andrew Adams, I mean, yes, you brought Andrew Adams back. You only brought him back on a one-year deal. So when you, it's kind of like when you shift the lens a little bit, right, you kind of understand, okay, maybe there's a deeper need at that safety position because when you're filling holes, right, you want to go – that's what they call about grading players. Right? Like players aren't just graded in a vacuum. They're graded it for their talent and what they can bring to the team, but also what role they're going to play in the team. And if you look at your safety room and you look at them, you say, there's no starters here. But you look at your running back room and you say, we have a starter. Well, then that automatically, immediately makes safety a higher priority than running back. And then you compare the talent, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, would you say that with considering what they're going to bring to the Buccaneers in 2020, or what we hope they're going to bring to the Buccaneers in 2020, would you say that Antoine Winfield Jr. is a better safety then J.K. Dobbins is a running back, or is JK Dobbins a better running back than Antoine Winfield Jr. is a safety?
2: I I don't know if one is really better than the other, honestly. And now, like as as the night went on, I was more and more okay with the pick that they made. For a lot of the reasons that you just said, you know, when we when we were on with, with Jason Light, he said, look, we saw the run on safeties and we just flat out were not comfortable letting Antoine Winfield Jr. drop anywhere else. And it was my my frustration had nothing to do with Antoine Winfield as a safety. I think he's going to be absolutely fantastic. I think it was a great pick. I think he's a great talent. He's going to fit in Todd Bowles' scheme in an outstanding way. We heard Bruce Arian say he's a he's a hybrid between the honey badger and Buda Baker. Like you can't ask for something better than that. You really can't. So as time went on, I love the pick. I think it's a great pick. That's the, the the honestly, if the corners live up to their end of the bargain, the bargain that they created at the end of last season, that was the missing piece, is a player just like Antoine Winfield Jr. It's great. But in the moment, I was not happy. Yeah, and I I completely hear you. And I'll tell you, I have an answer to my own question, um, which I usually do, right? You, so you, to me you just want me to confirm your belief, or you want a reason to tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So here's <laughs> so here's my answer, right? My answer
1: is this Antoine Winfield Jr. is a better safety for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers than J.K. Dobbins is a running back, at least for 2020. And I mean, you have potential and you have futures and all that stuff. Like, could J.K. Dobbins become a three down back and be the primary back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Sure, he could. Could Ronald Jones? Yeah, sure. I think he could, too. You know, the potential is still there. But at the end of the day, when I look at Andrew Adams, I don't see a future starting free safety for the Buccaneers, not if you're going to try to build a Super Bowl-caliber defense. He's very serviceable, very average, solid free safety, but I think you're better off using him as a rotational guy. A, a You know, you're in a deep – you know, you basically have two free safeties on the field. Put Andrew Adams on there or out there. That's it's great. Because if Adam Kansu doesn't come back next year, if JPP decides to retire after the season or eventually he's going to be gone, you're not always going to be able to rely on this front seven to be a dominant force every single game, week in, week out. Eventually you're going to need your secondary to really carry the load for the defense. And if you have to do that, I'm just not 100% confident Andrew Adams is the free safety you want back there because I feel like some of the the offenses that this team's going to face, you've got Teddy Bridgewater coming, you've got Drew Brees coming, uh, you got Matt Ryan coming. Those are still three solid quarterbacks, and they've they've all gotten better through this draft. I'm just not there. Whereas, if you were to tell me, well, Ronald Jones is going to be your primary back, and we're going to rely on him most weeks, I'm okay with that. I'm not 100% confident in it. Like, I'm not going to tell you he's the best running back in the NFC South, but I'm more confident in Ronald Jones' ability to be a primary back in the Buccaneers' offense than I am Andrew Adams to be the primary free safety in Todd Bowles' defense. So here's kind of the way I see this, right? If – if J.K. Dobbins comes on this team, and you know I'm a huge I was a huge advocate of that, you know, coming into the draft, he's a complimentary piece to start with. Maybe he takes over primary roles, but even if he takes over primary roles, that's really not a good thing because that means Ronald Jones is kind of falling off a cliff, right? So now we're right back to where we started, where we only have one running back. So it's really not a good thing, even though that ends up with J.K. Dobbins being the starter. With Antoine Winfield Jr. coming in, now you've got a starting free safety and now Mike Edwards is free to move into that nickel role where he did much better last year than he did as a free safety. If Mike Edwards starts struggling in that nickel role, and this is kind of what you were talking about, the versatility that Winfield brings to the field, you can move Winfield into that nickel, nickel role, and now you have a serviceable safety in Andrew Adams playing behind him who, yes, Andrew Adams is not as good, but because you have that better nickel in front of you now, you don't have to rely on Andrew Adams as much as you might have had to if you just have Mike Edwards and Andrew Adams on that, in that alignment. And Antoine Winfield's is the kind of guy where you can, you know, again, packages. If you, have, if you have a situation where the offense only has two receivers on the field, you put Winfield back there as your single hire, as your deep safety, and he's shown, go watch any Minnesota game. He can, he can patrol that field better than anybody. If they come out three wide and you're not comfortable with Mike Edwards, you drop him down, you bring Andrew Adams on the field. And again, it gives you that flexibility to put the best secondary on the field no matter how the offense lines up, and I love it. J.K. and Ronald Jones, the only way you're getting the same utilization out of those two is if we see a lot more two running back sets than we did last year. And honestly, James, I don't know. Like Watching the Arizona tape with Bruce Arians' offense, I thought we were going to get a good amount of that last year. We didn't get in here as much as I thought. We really barely got any of those uh, two, two running back sets. So until the Buccaneers decide to start going with two running back sets, Adding J.K. to this thing, you add a complimentary number two running back. Uh, adding Antoine Winfield Jr., you're getting a starter on day one. You're getting a starter on day two. So that's why once I got past my own, I love J.K. Dobbins as a running back, butthurt in this. I love the pick. I think it's a smart move. I think it's going to – I think what it does is shines a light on the safety room uh, from a, from an organizational standpoint. It's going to make the group better. Recapping day two of the 2020 NFL draft here on the Locked On Bucks podcast. As the Buccaneers got into the third round, or as we got into the third round of things, uh, a lot of people started turning their attention towards running backs. And very early in the third round, uh, Antonio Gibson, the running back slash wide receiver out of Memphis that so many people had kind of pined over, uh, came off the board, went to the Washington Redskins to join Peyton Barber. And James, I mean, I'll, I'll let everybody kind of behind the curtain a little bit. Internally, the conversation between you and I, and the conversation between me and my friends Mike and Gabe, who I have a lot of conversations with during things like this, was Zach Moss and Eno Benjamin. Uh, that's kind of where our heads were going into the pick. Um, James, I mean, where, did you have any other ideas heading into that pick of where the Buccaneers might go?
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of figured by default they were going to head to running back. But at the same time, none of the running back options were like, ooh, they really need to go with this guy. I mean, I know Eno Benjamin was a, a big favorite of yours, and, and Zach Moss is a guy that I think is is really talented. There were a couple other running backs on the board, so when it came to the third round, I was like, you know what? They go running back. They go running back. They can go receiver. They can go defensive line. They you know they can do whatever they want, and I'm I'm probably going to be fine with it. Kind of
1: one of those moments where, all right, if the Bucks don't go running back, what does that say about Rojo? If they do go running back, what does it say about Rojo? And they end up selecting. Uh, Vanderbilt
2: running back Keyshawn Vaughn. My instant reaction was, oh my God, I forgot he was a person that existed. You know, I remember liking him as, as a player for Illinois and he just kind of went off like most Illinois people do to go, you know, pursue whatever profession they're in because they're not playing in the NFL. And I, I completely forgotten that he had transferred. You know, James, we've
1: gotten some, some praise from our listeners and followers over the years. Uh, for being honest and upfront. And I'm going to be honest and upfront. My instant reaction was who and why and what. But I realized very quickly that my reaction wasn't based on anything credible. My reaction was based on the fact that I hadn't watched Keyshawn Vaughn because I didn't know who he was, which means I missed, and my my ego was trying to cover my miss with, no, no, it just must be a bad pick. Erase all that crap. Erase all the ego. Bottom line is he feels like he's a well-rounded running back who still has room to improve but he can impact the team in every phase of the game.
2: Keyshawn Vaughn led all of the NCAA in 60-plus yard touchdowns while playing at Vanderbilt going up against SEC defenses. That's, you know, something to get you kind of excited. If you're still poo-pooing the pick, that's something that you have to look at and you'd be like, well, yeah, the dude played against the SEC. Mm -hmm. on a bad team he was probably the best player on the team maybe this isn't so bad so again I'm I'm still not going to pass full judgment until I can sit down and actually take the time to watch him play and not just a highlight reel but watch him play an entire game Um, but obviously you know this is a guy that Bruce Arians feels fits what he wants to do on offense, and therefore we have the pick.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, again, highly doubtful that he was, you know, honestly probably even top three on their board. Uh, but going to the third round, you look at, again, you look at what what is Ronald Jones' biggest weakness? I would say pass blocking. Keyshawn Vaughn does that better or at least projects to be a better pass blocker, uh, bringing that to the running back room. What is his second flaw? His second biggest flaw, I actually would probably say running between the tackles with authority. Keyshawn Vaughn has shown that he can do that, and then yeah, you talk about the explosiveness as something that he highlighted as well. So yeah, as far as grading, I know we have a grade, uh, a draft grade document uh, roundtable dropping on BucksNation.com. Um, I participated. Really not a fan of drafting or grade grading drafts right after they happen, and the way that I did my grade is. Did this team satisfy their needs on their roster as far as we saw it? Uh, Because we're not on the inside. And I would say that, yes, and this pick satisfies a need that this team had in their running back room coming into uh, the NFL draft.
2: All right. Well, with that, David, we have got to get out of here because we are up against the clock. So, please check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Send in your voicemails to 813-444-5841. Follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, and we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.